Welcome to Teal of Interiors, a holistic approach to interior design. Bali is so far. What made you go so far away from home? I don't know, girl. I, you know, it's so funny. I was, I was, it was the pandemic time. So we were, I was furloughed from my job. So I was sitting at home and I was like, I don't know. I just had a moment of what, like, this is what life can be like. Cause I wasn't working, but I was honestly getting to be with myself and to know like, Myself, I was cooking. I never cooked before. Like I was working so much, like before pre-pandemic, obviously I was like always going. So it was work, nightlife with friends, social life, family. It was like constant doing stuff. And then pandemic happened and I had to sit down somewhere and I was like, oh, <laughs> like, okay, what do I do with all of this time? Right. I wasn't working and like all of this stuff. So I started cooking and I started reading and I started planting and just doing all of this stuff. And I was like, oh, so I'm not going back to work. Cause like, I'm gonna, I gotta figure something out that doesn't take this away from me. Cause I was like, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed to sit and read. I enjoyed running to the grocery and just having the time to run to the grocery store and not have to drive my car or, you know. So I decided very early on, like, yeah not going back to that idea of work, corporate America, that doesn't work for me. Yeah, I feel like I got to be in a space where it was like, okay, this doesn't fit into my life, opposed to how I'm fitting into all of that, like making my life fit into them. Like, no, no, this has to fit into what I want for my life. And yeah, I started looking up like places to go. I had no idea if you would have asked me what Indonesia is, I couldn't have told you 100%. Mm-hmm. I could not have told you where, where Indonesia was or anything. And I don't want to say that I, maybe subconsciously I watched something, but I can never remember what exactly it was that made me say Bali. Yeah. I don't remember. And I just was like, oh, okay, Bali. I, I'm going to go to that place. And people would ask me, like, what? And I'd be like, I don't know. And I didn't even have the money or anything at that time to do it. And I was like, I'm going to Bali. And it's funny because my friends would be like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I'm going to Bali. And yeah, I've been for two and a half years, like in and out of here for two and a half years now. Wow. So when you talk about the money component, like mm-hmm. most people, that's that's where it ends. Like they're like, I yeah. What am I going to do? How? What? Because yeah, well, <laughs> I think they're thinking, and I, I'm going to use myself as an example. How do I go from here, being um, in this space and time, to there? Do I still try to hold this down? Um, Should I let this go? Should I, um, like, I'm a homeowner. Should I sell um, this? Um, like, do I release all of my possession? Um, Is it easier to travel with nothing? Like, um, all of these questions come up. Yeah. And then you're completely stifled. Usually that's where it begins and ends because it's just all too much, right? Mm -hmm. I think first it depends on where you are and what you are trying to do and where you are in your life. Like, so if somebody's a homeowner and they are intentionally wanting to like keep their home and things like that, I can't really speak to that because I wasn't a homeowner. I was renting at the time. My lease was actually coming to its end. 
So I didn't necessarily need to do anything with that. Like my lease would have been up and I could wipe my hands and I didn't sign for another year or what have you not. I had a car. I don't have children at the moment. So there are things that were not a part of my journey that are a part of someone else's journey that may require something else. But I know for me, when I came to Bali, I was furloughed at the time. So I still was making a portion of my income, which I was sitting at home. So I was able to save a portion of it. But I made very poor financial decisions in my early 20s. So I had a Mercedes Benz that I was paying buku amount of money to maintain. So that was where a portion of my money was going. And I still was paying rent. So during the pandemic, when I was furloughed, that money was still going to bills. But what I was able to save, the first thing I did when I decided I was coming to Bali, I bought a flight. And the flight was about $500 at the time, something like that. And then I'd pay for my hotel for a month, which was about $200 for a month. And so that had gotten out of the way. And then it was, okay, I had a lot of time, maybe a few months. And I was like, okay, I need to save something. And then I also had venture into TEFL, being an online teacher. So I didn't completely like no work at all. I didn't have a job when I left. So I actually got the job to be an online teacher for foreign learners as I got to Bali. I left with just about $2,000 in my account. I speak to some people and they're like, I'm just, I want 40,000. I need 40,000 before I leave. And I'm just like, I definitely didn't have that. Let me go. 40,000, you know, I could have dealt with 40,000. I would have really been out, you know, but yeah, I think I didn't have tons of, I didn't have tons of stuff, whether it be just baggage or things that would have kept me there in general. I did keep my car for one year because at the time I was trying to sell it, but actually I would have had to pay to like clear the loan that I'd had for the car. So I would have ended up having to pay them. This can sound very hoo-ha to some people, but I really do believe that like when you really want something, when you really, like we were saying, when you really do the work, you're like, it's happening and everything else, I'm not really hearing you. The first time I tried to sell my car when I was leaving, I couldn't. I would need to pay on a month-to-month basis. That made more sense for me. I didn't have the lump sum of money to just get rid of the car it would have compromised me being able to leave. So I kept the car and I made payments on the car for the totality of the year that I was gone the first time. Went back home. And at that point, I was like, I'm sure this is not going to be my home. I'm not going to stay in the United States. I was like very sure of it. So I was like, okay, I have to do something about the car. But I didn't know what I could do. because I was like, I'm still not in a place to completely pay off the car. I'm just going to try it again. I went back to them and I was like, will you buy the car again? And this time... They actually owed me money. They paid me for the car. And I was like, if that's not God saying, girl, go on about your business, <laughs> get out of here. And it was the last day I'd actually like had my, my flight to Sri Lanka was that day. I actually had to change my flight around because they said yes. And I was like all the paperwork and all that stuff I had to process. But yeah, I, I still had like some stuff there. I didn't have a lot of money for sure. And I, I know that's the biggest thing with people is always money. Like, how, what am I going to do? How am I going to survive getting rid of stuff and all of these things? But yeah, it just depends on where you are and what you see fit for yourself. If you do feel like you want to still live in the United States, it's a completely different ballgame or you want to keep your home or you want to Airbnb your home. But I, I do believe there's always an option. If you really want something, for sure you can do it. I've met Mothers who travel with their children since they were two months old, who who are travelers and who have introduced their children to new places, met people who are homeowners, who 
still travel the world. There's always a way. I do think our fears get the best of us sometimes and in the what if and how and it's not possible. And of course, if that comes up, then if you say it's not possible, then it's not possible. Right. Love <laughs> it. Thank you. So what's your family say and how have they been in your uh, journey? Oh, you know what? I've always been quite the strange character in my family. Yeah, I think the safety thing, they were a bit like, are you safe? And for a while, they thought I lived in a hut. Of course. Even now, I still get, where do you live? And I'm like, are you all serious? <laughs> well, you know what? If I choose to be in a hut, look, I, I, ain't too, I ain't too good for a hut now. Like, I love a good though rice field or jungle situation in the middle of yeah. nowhere. So, yeah, but it's also like you can choose to live in this kind of place. I'm at my friend's retreat now, so I'm like in a very beautiful hotel room. Yeah. Um, like you can get this kind of stuff too, oh. or you can, you know, but yeah, they they have their ideas of how I was living. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, D, I did want to ask you one question. Oh, sure. If you were first first part of the question, if you were to travel to anywhere in the world, if you picked a place right now, where would it be? And in that place, what does your ideal home look like? The first place popped in my head was Italy because I've always wanted mm. to like Florence. I've heard different places in Italy that people are like, oh, you would like it. They know my personality. So I'd like to go there or Santorini. But for me, I kind of feel like you. I like the outside indoor living. Mm. So I'd want to be able to see the skies, mountains, mm. whatever is, is in my view. I'd like to have it framed. So that I can see it in the morning when I wake up. Because I really mm. love looking outside when I wake up in the morning and hearing the sounds of nature. And, you know, I'd love like an outdoor shower. That has <laughs> privacy, of course. But <laughs> a, little, a little garden and a place to sit outside so I can eat. Yeah, I, I wouldn't need much. Minimal would be fine for me. Just utilitarian, but pretty utilitarian things. Not like... <laughs> broken down, decrepit things. I wouldn't mind a little patina and stuff, a little grunge, but <laughs> as long as it's functional and it, mm. it has like a certain charm to it, I'm okay with it. I don't really, you know, I'm, I wouldn't care if I were, if I were to like strip myself down and be like, you know what, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna travel. I feel like I wouldn't have any of those apprehensions anymore that I have at home, you know, to make something a home. Cause like you said, home is wherever you are. Or wherever you decided to be. Mm -hmm. and I would just be happy because I'd get to experience the the atmosphere and the environment that I would want to see. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. I gotta get to Italy. I've never been to Italy. So really? I'm gonna live I'm gonna live through you and your Italy experience that's coming up. <laughs> that's so coming you just make sure that you send me some pictures of your Italy experience and all that. I've never been. I actually was on a flight to go there. And then it was when they got their first case of COVID. I was in Spain and they wouldn't, they wouldn't let us go to Italy. Southern. So now I get where to Where were you in you Spain, Akia? Did you go to Barcelona? Were you over in, where were you? No, I was Madrid? in Madrid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've yeah. been to Madrid and then Ibiza. Nice. Do you oh, love yeah. Spain? Oh my God. I think Spain was like one of the first times, like you said, your experience, like how you envision 
Italy was what I got. And I beat the Spain. Oh, we stayed you? in the countryside. Yeah. It was mountains. And then there was like a garden. And every morning we're picking fruit from the tree to eat for for breakfast. And I was like, oh, this is how I want to live. Like, yeah. I never had that experience. Even on all of my travels. I traveled a bit before then. I never had that experience of, like you're saying, like the scenery, the waking up and it's like right there and the skyline is right there and the way that their house was it was like one of those houses where everything was just you could see the the sky and oh my god the night sky there and I was like what am I doing this is how I want to <laughs> live like this and be able to you know be with nature oh, so how come you didn't stay in um, is it more it's more expensive to live there right I, at that point I wasn't even really concerned I had already settled on Bali. Bali was already in my head somewhere. So I was like, oh, I still didn't like plan everything out. Where's your next spot? I'll be going to India for, I don't know. For sure, I'll be back in Bali. There's some work I want to do on India. I want to, this might be a little too, I hope this don't sound very morbid. So I'm actually looking to study being a death doula. I want to help people transition into oh, like good. people who are dying, like hospice. Yeah, and... There's a place in India called Varanasi, which is supposed to be like the city of the dead. It's very special to a lot of Indian people when it comes to death and rituals around death. And it's very important for them. So, I, yeah, I want to go there and observe and be a student. Mm-hmm. There's literally some big bug just sitting here looking at me. I was going to ask you about these travels and the different wildlife. <laughs> it literally just flew. That's right like a here. freak out situation for me. I don't know. You don't, you don't look happy. <laughs> it, it, it takes, Wait, it takes some hmm? adjustment, right? Oh, for sure. Wait, I was watching your video of you and you were like, there's a spider in my, it was like a ginger oh, juice. Oh, yeah, yeah, a drink. And, and, you, and then you took your finger, you took the spider and put it on a plant. I said, yeah, she real comfortable. <laughs> I didn't just you to drink like, it. I said, she real comfortable with I, the wildlife I, and everything. I like, definitely girl. Did. Girl, yeah, I would have squashed it, but you know, my first thought, dump the whole thing down. That would. <laughs> I'm trying to get better on that. <laughs> I freak out when I see bugs. I just like squish them, and then I'm like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." No. <laughs> I'm still working on that. It took some time. It really is work in progress. And now it's. Please don't let this look. This not easy. <laughs> like for me to even be, I'm like, "Oh, it's there." And you know, to be honest, especially I know in my childhood, I was very disconnected from nature. It was always put your shoes on, your feet shouldn't be dirty. Even things like that where, oh, I shouldn't even be in dirt, (laughs) you know, like be in the ground and be in soil. And, you know, if we saw any animal in the house, death, the animal for sure, it's either somebody has to die, (laughs) you know, so it's like, I'm not going to live, I'm not sleeping here. So unless you did. And when I first came to Bali, and I mean, I'm talking, you got spiders the size of your hand that are like crawling around and geckos everywhere and frogs. Like there were times during rainy season, there's so many frogs everywhere. And I would not go if the frog was in front of my room door or something. I would just like go back and be like, I can't, I'm just going to wait until it hops and I take a stick or something, try to get it to hop. Do you know what that? Pasana, what that is? Oh. It's a program where you basically, for today's, you sit in silence. You don't have a phone, a book, anything. You just sit and, and you meditate for about 10 hours. You wow, meditate yeah. for 10 hours a day. And I did okay. that for 10 days. And it's free, right? So you get these little dormitory rooms. 
and you can't do anything about it. And it's free for a reason. So when you come there, you're not complaining about, right. oh, I pay for this. Everything is free. The food is donation based. You can donate what you have. But the idea is that you kind of enter the life of a monk. Right. And during that experience, there would be spiders in my room. I'm not even kidding you. Like the size of my hand. Like, and I remember the first day and I have, I had a tear. Oh my God. I have, I was so freaking scared of these spiders. And I went to the manager of the place and I was like, please, can you change my room? I can't stand this room with spiders. She was like, I'm sorry, this is the only room. And it was either me having to decide. I, I really wanted to be there. And I was like, I got to suck it up. It was out on the jungle because Vipassana centers are normally out in the middle of nowhere for the mm. silence. <laughs> so and then they have the doors where, you know, like it's so the ventilation can come. So the doors have that opening. Yeah. And spiders will come in through there. Wow. And the total of that experience, I've probably seen at least 10 of those big spiders. But I did realize at the end that because of my mind was so much there and I was so scared, I was attracting them. And at the end of it, when I talked to the girls, because you could talk on day nine. And I, I was like, saying my experience, like, the, and there would be people I was like, I didn't see one spider. People, didn't, they were like, I didn't see one. And I was like, how? They were everywhere. They <laughs> were like, no, they were everywhere. And I was like, uh-huh. I see. They were everywhere for me because I was so, that's where my attention was going. That's right. And it was crazy, honestly. And that changed my relationship a lot with, with nature. So now with spiders, I can get, I can get close enough to even put my hand like near the web, like very close. Like, but I still am not wow. there to physically touch them, but they're really close. Yeah. So I was, I was just talking to my friend, like, that's a milestone, like in celebrating that, like, because before forget about it, <laughs> I was out like forget about yeah. it so yeah it did took some time it takes spiders didn't bite right so that was good well no there are no poisonous sp spiders in bali so that's another thing that allows me to like be able to rest they're big but they're not poisonous they can't really do anything to you but just scare you a little bit work your nerves a little bit <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> You know, she has a very grounding, centering presence. So, and I've been I've been doing some energy work, and I'm just mm. very I'm, res, I'm receptive. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah, appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, ladies. Actually, your presence has made me feel more grounded. So, thank you. <laughs> well, Akia, thank you so much for joining us so late. Thank you. The evening. Wow. I, yeah. I wish you ladies so much success in a podcast and success in your lives and on your journeys. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank Appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're really welcome. Yeah. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five star rating. We'll see you next week. Nice job, ladies. Carry on.